0: Thank you and welcome back to the Youth Thought Sports Podcast. I am your host, Wyatt, along with the normal cast of goons, Aiden, Bart, Jared, and Lucas. We're going to start off with some news we missed. Josh Gordon has been reinstated again, and the Chiefs are activating him going into the next week. So we could see some Josh Gordon, Patrick Mahomes connections.
1: Fire up big, on the fantasy big, team. Exactly. Yep. Put him on the Pick fantasy team. Yeah, yeah, him up
2: in one league. You already know. <laughs> of course, he's been so underwhelming every, oh, every time he's tried to come back For the past few years so.
0: yeah. Right, exactly Every time you pick him up, you're like, this is, this is the moment And then he just doesn't do anything But that's oh. okay Vic Fangio uh, loses his mind on Harbaugh And the Ravens when the Ravens decided to go for I've heard the number differently Whether it was a 3-yard rush or a 5-yard rush But it was to maintain The 100-plus rushing yard record that the Ravens hold I think it's 43 games now Vic Fangio is not a fan of it says that the Ravens have no regard for player safety and uh, <laughs> and you know they're almost classless as you could call them
1: but that's interesting
0: yeah I mean stop them, <clears throat> plain and simple and then uh, a guy who isn't going to be stopping anybody at least for this weekend is Jalen Smith who just got dropped oh <laughs> don't keep piling on him come on <laughs> he just got dropped surprisingly today right before we uh, came onto the podcast uh, the Cowboys let him that? go, and I think they gave him, like, $64 million not too long ago. Uh, so that's kind of surprising, but, you know, free yeah. agent. He'll he'll find his way on another team, probably. I will say, the he buck. has been terrible, and maybe that's why they drafted Micah Parsons. Yeah.
1: Maybe. yeah. Yeah. He has been, like, kind of the anchor of a historically bad defense. So, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> not, like, the best look, but... Yeah, I think they're gonna eat seven point two million in salary this year, which is yeah. like not a great reflection on him. That they're like, you know what? It's better that we just like right. just pay you that, pay you not seven, play right exactly to <laughs> Yeah, to not be here. Yeah, it's <laughs> wild. Yeah. It should,
4: I
1: think it's weird that they hadn't got they didn't find any trade partners either. But I don't know. I feel like individually he seems like a good talent, but. I don't know defense well enough. I guess guess it just has a big contract, contract, right?
4: Yeah. uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's the contract, really.
0: Who wants to pay that? (laughs) But we're going to start off the actual discussions with a Thursday night football preview, as we have been. Rams versus Seahawks. Probably the first week it's not a toilet bowl. We have veteran (laughs) coaches, veteran QBs, and Super Bowl aspirations for both teams. The Seahawks are coming off of a win against the San Francisco 49ers, while the Rams Mm -hmm. are coming off of a loss against the Cardinals, both divisional rivals. Bart, I'm going to ask you, who needs this win more, the Rams or the Seahawks?
2: Yeah, I mean, despite the the fortunes of both teams last week, I still think it's definitely the Seahawks. I don't think the Rams' loss against the Cardinals gives me too much cause for concern. I think the Rams are going to be fine. Also, the Cardinals might just actually be really, really good. TBD. <laughs> But, yeah, I think it's the Seahawks. I, I don't think that um, – I was looking back at some of their past seasons, and, like, they usually start off really hot. They only made the playoffs once when they started off two and three or worse from what I saw, so that's a little bit unusual to me. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just it's not going to bode well for Russell Wilson trying to play hero ball a lot if their defense continues to suffer. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think either this, either of these teams have, like, a must-win here. Per se, uh, the Rams or I'm sorry, the Seahawks are tied for seventh in the NFC right now, which means that like if they keep up at this rate, they're literally going to be fighting for a wild card spot the whole season through, which is not great. But like if you look at strength of schedule. The Seahawks, like, so Sphinx's schedule is super weird to me. Different sources have very wildly different numbers, but one source (laughs) that fits my agenda here said that the Seahawks (laughs) are like middle of the league in terms of difficulty, whereas the Rams are like sixth easiest. So in that sense, the Seahawks should be thinking more about this. This game is also at home, and so obviously divisional games matter a lot for playoffs. The Seahawks are going to want to capitalize on playing at home uh, in case that the second game against the Rams matters. And also, if you look at the Rams' schedule right after this game, they have three cupcake games, Giants, Lions, Texans, uh, mm-hmm. whereas the Seahawks is, is a bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. So even if the Rams were to lose, they would, I mean, okay, agree to disagree if you'd like, but I don't think mm-hmm. the Rams are super stressed even if they lose this one and go down to 3-2. and two. I think, Like I said, I think they're going to be fine. The Seahawks are definitely the team to me that feels a little bit more sus and could mm-hmm. use a little bit more momentum. Um it, the loss against the Vikes looks even worse now than it did last week. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the Seahawks. Um, and we still don't know how good the the Niners are going to be. Maybe once Trey Lyons comes out, they'll be looking a lot better, and the win against them will look better. But for now, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a bit more worried about the Seahawks than the Rams. I'll put it that way.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think we know what sort of team the Rams are and can be already based off what they proved, and Seattle's kind of proved nothing. Like, before the 49ers game, they've really struggled in the second half, particularly the third quarter. They didn't score a point in their first three games in the third quarter until this 49ers game. So something coming out of half is not right for them. And that's kind of the the time where you want to be like uh, the last, what is it, like the last four minutes of the half and first four minutes of the second half. You want to be, that's when you want to kind of pile it on. And that's not really their strong suit. Um, and yeah, they've come out of the gate of each game really strong like DK Metcalf was tearing apart that the Vikings defense on the very first drive and I was like okay this is gonna be a good game and then you know what happened what happened there Bart so (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I, uh I don't just don't really know what to make of the Seahawks team if they can stick on their game plan and not have their defense like fumble in the second part of the game they're fine. Like Russell will in their wins. Russell Wilson's only thrown 23 times compared to last season where he was throwing like 40 and like 35 a game. Their game plan is to try to rely on him a little less. Um, But once they have to start airing it out and they get into some passing downs at the end of the game has been when they've faltered. So they're a weird team. Not really sure what to make, make of them. He still hasn't thrown an an interception, which might not be sustainable. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Uh, they, they always find a way to eke out some ugly wins. And it's just kind of the, the Seahawks uh, MO is playing tough games to the end, like the Vikings game. And when I was doing some comparisons between both teams, I noticed that the Rams are 6th in points scored this season, 18th in points allowed, which isn't too far from what the Seahawks are, and 10th in sports points scored this season, and 19th in points allowed. So that they feel like they're a very similar team, but the biggest difference for me is the Rams are number one in pass protecting and the Seahawks are number 22. And then you couple that with 26 penalties on the season for the Seahawks versus 12 penalties on the season for the Rams. It just feels like the Rams are way more polished than the Seahawks are. And it's just going to be really, really, really hard for the Seahawks to overcome. If there are a handful of turnovers followed by a comeback drive with penalties and, you know, unless the Seahawks play the best game that they've played all season I, I would agree that the Ram, they're a hard team to make and the Rams kind of can can come back and, you know, be more in control of, of their destiny. So it's tough. <clears throat> but we're going to go into some scoring predictions. Bart, since you opened the segment, I'm going to start with you. What do you think the final score will be?
2: I actually think the, the Hawks are going to put up a fight and I think they're going to be kind of desperate. I'm going to say 31-28 Rams. Did I steal yours, Aiden? Okay. Close. Jared? Close. <laughs> How does this always happen?
1: All right, so I did a little research. Pete Carroll is nine and one in Thursday night football games, not counting like <laughs> season openers that start on Thursday, right? And currently riding an eight-game win streak. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's, that's a big qualification. No, no, the, no. That's, no, it's not because a Thursday a Thursday night game at the start of the season is completely different from a short week Thursday night game.
4: Also, so why how many would you Thursday night games has he played at the, start played of the Thursday? Night. Probably like one. Yeah, yeah. They
1: played like two two, I think. So that's so why I didn't include he's Nine
4: and three that. on Thursday nights. Okay, that's solid. Wow. That's no, I think so... they won. I think they won the other oh, okay. time. But
1: anyway, <laughs> it's completely different. That's why I didn't include that. And I wanted to make sure people knew that. Anyway, nine and one on short weeks, Thursday night games. Sean McVeigh is three and one, so they both like do pretty good in those games. McVeigh's only lost on a Thursday night though is to the Seahawks, which I think is gonna happen this week. Oh. Though I don't think either team's gonna really play their best football, um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 21, uh, 17, Seahawks.
0: Oh, okay. Aiden.
4: Yeah, I'm going 31, 21, Rams. Uh, <sighs> I think. Yeah, I think the Seahawks will put a, a put, put up somewhat of a fight, uh, but I do think the Rams are, are too good. And I think last week against the Cardinals, obviously the Cardinals are good. Um, the Rams, I feel like Matt Stafford was was missing people to some degree, even though he still had like a solid stat line. But he was missing people, and he threw a bad interception and whatnot. Um, I feel like they bounced back and, and show again that they're uh, they're definitely above Seattle in that division, at least. So 31-21.
0: Lucas?
3: Uh, my score prediction, very similar to Jared's. Uh, I think, for all the reasons on 24, it's much more of a must-win game for the Seahawks than it is for the Rams. Uh, So I think they're going to come out of the gates a little more fired up. Um, There might be, I don't know, the the Rams are kind of caught in a tough position. Um, I think coming off a loss, there might be some hangover from that. And knowing that their next three games, like Bart said, are fairly easy. I just think Seattle's going to get up more for the game. 23-17, Seahawks.
0: Aiden, your score is dangerously close to mine. I actually had (laughs) 30-21. But I'm going to go, and I'm just going to mirror the Bucks rams game. 34-24 is my final score. Okay.
1: Okay. Who's winning, no, Rams?
0: Rams. Yes, Rams win.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Lucas, how dare you call out my Thursday night stat as being heavily qualified?
3: It is heavily qualified. <laughs> no, it's not. It makes no sense to
1: include a season opener in a Thursday night game. It's a completely different circumstance. I That's mean fair. do you count it?
3: I mean I don't know but if you're the whole thing is like a short week, did you also like calculate when they played on Monday night football then again played on Sunday? Th- Thursday yeah. is a
1: significantly shorter week. Hmm. What's a day, you
3: know? <laughs> it's like two days. <laughs> anyway. Plus <laughs> in any case.
0: We have already we've officially covered four weeks of football so far. Some seasons are already lost, and soon some jobs will will follow. 1-3 and and 0-4 teams historically just don't turn their seasons around. So we're going to go around and figure out which seats are getting hotter. Aiden, starting with you.
4: Uh, I'm going with our, our boy Vic Fangio, who had a um, kind of rough weekend. <laughs> um, I think that the Broncos started out 3-0. They looked good. Uh, but again, as I think we discussed last week, they played the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. Which you could not possibly start off the season better in terms of opponent opponents. Those could be the top three picks in the draft. Um, <laughs> but then they got pretty destroyed by the Ravens, though, albeit Teddy Bridgewater like left with a concussion. He was struggling before it though, against the first kind of like real defense that he's faced. Um, and I think that like coming into the season, Vic was already on a bit of a short leash. He'd only won twelve games in two seasons. And next up, they've got the Steelers, who, yes, have been pretty mad, but Raiders, Browns, Washington football team, and Cowboys, which is a much harder stretch than uh, the one that they're coming out of. So I could see them kind of, especially if, I don't know what Teddy's status coming into this week is, um, but I could see them kind of falling ab- apart a bit over the next few weeks. Uh, and that's not to mention that they have potentially the, the hardest division in football at the moment with, you know, a, te- a division where... The chiefs are last place at the moment so i think it'll be him and fun fact that fangio is if he coaches 14 or if he coaches 14 or more games this year he'd be the broncos longest tenured coach since mike shanahan who was fired in 2008 um so despite having only been there for two seasons at this point he's (laughs) he's near that i don't think he's gonna make it i think uh i think they're gonna collapse but anyway
1: oh wow (laughs) Some good research though when you first said the Broncos, I was like, "What are you talking about?" But that's was good research.
0: Now, no, I, I much appreciated.
1: I actually totally agree
0: because Vic Fangio was like my preseason first coach fired, yeah. and he probably won't be the yeah. first coach fired. But I don't know if the Broncos are gonna win. They're probably they'll probably be like five and twelve at the end of the year, you know, and then he'll lose his job. Yeah. Wow.
2: Lock in a book it five, five and twelve. And 12. You're that. saying they're gonna go two, <laughs> right.
4: two
0: and, and in, eleven. Yeah. <coughs> what is it? they have a bye. They have a week, right? So it's five and eleven, right?
2: Seventeen mm-hmm. total games. Yeah, so five, seven and games. Whatever, how, yeah. five and twelve Whatever how five and
0: twelve. They play seventeen? Oh no, there's eighteen weeks or seventeen games. Five and twelve. Yeah, yes. yeah. Lock it in. yeah.
4: Wow. Right. Have, wow. Yeah. Book, I feel like this is gonna
1: be disproven in like three
4: weeks. They Well, in theory, it could be. We will be. see. Yeah. Uh, who's
0: next, <laughs> Lucas? Who do you got?
3: So I think this name's been mentioned on the pod many times before, but I think Mike Zimmer, the Minnesota Vikings' seat, yeah. is approaching scalding hot <laughs> at this point. Um, I think <laughs> they had a brief rebound when they beat the Seahawks, but they got back to their losing ways this week. They can't really seem to put it all together. Their first two losses, the defense was horrible. And Against the Browns, their offense couldn't get going. I don't think they can rely on the way Kirk Cousins played in the first few weeks of the season where he was playing, as Bart has alluded to before, maybe close to MVP level. Um, but in the last few years, like the team's just been on a downswing. Um, they don't seem to be moving in the right direction. Uh, if he loses the next two out of three, I think there's a chance he's gone midseason. He, just, things seem to have gotten kind of stale there and it seems like it's time for a change.
2: Yeah. I unfortunately agree with you.
1: <clears throat>
0: <laughs> he was going to come up here at some point, I think. Jared. Yeah,
1: yeah so I, th- I think Mike Zimmer was an obvious answer. There's another obvious answer that may or may not involve somebody's favorite team on this answer, but, or on this podcast. I didn't want to go there, though. I went with a team that is... Uh, not one in three or, or in four. I went with the Tennessee Titans' Mike Frable, which I think would be unfair if he is fired this year. He's coming off back-to-back playoff appearances. But while he over-achie- overachieved in 2019 to get to the AFC Championship game, they definitely underachieved last year, I would say. And anytime you lose to the Jets, uh, I think there's going to be like some <laughs> hey. questions. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Uh, they were, like, blown out by the Cardinals week one, so I don't think they're in the upper echelon of teams. And I feel like the Titans front office, they're like, we're going all in, like, we're getting Julio. Who knows how long Derrick Henry is going to be playing at his level. Like, Bart thought he wasn't going to sniff a rushing title, but he's doing pretty fantastic this year. But Let's not talk who knows? about that. <laughs> you know, who <laughs> knows? Part of my argument was
2: he might get hurt, and he still might. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs>
4: But you know yeah. who, who knows how long he's <laughs> <any moment. laughs> Bart's gonna lay on some banana peels. Yeah, Let's watch yeah. out there. <laughs> uh, some uh, green shells. Flu <laughs> Anyway, my
1: point is, is who knows how long Derek Henry's gonna be able to keep that up, <laughs> and you can't be like you can't rely on mediocrity for that long when your championship window and your like talent window might be pretty slim. So I I wouldn't be surprised to see Vrabel gone but I think whoever if another team picks him up they'd be pretty lucky I think he's a good coach
0: I would I would be shocked be to see Vab- yeah. Vabral go I think that he's yeah. a great fit for them I do agree that they, they kind of probably raised some eyebrows as far as you know can he get the job done but I would be totally shocked if they let him go right now uh, What? AJ Brown and Julio Jones both missed last week against the Jets which I think mm-hmm. is part of their loss but I mean their defense is pretty bad not gonna lie Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't really <laughs> knock him on that Bart uh, your favorite team's coach was already named who do you got
2: uh, I'm going to name somebody else's favorite coach wait favorite team's coach excuse me also not Joe Judge which is who I think Jared was hinting at
1: yes that is who I was hinting at wow.
2: I'm going with Pete Carroll
1: no way the that Seahawks
2: so consistently Ooh. underwhelm consistently underwhelm and I think at some point you have to look at the coach Jared tell me. Let me let me check this When's the last time the Seahawks made it past the divisional round? Oh, I know I mean, the answer to that. It's 2014.
3: <laughs> <Gotcha>.
2: <laughs> They've been, that was really that impressive. Was correct. Good time. Yeah. No, so I, I just think, like, ah, man, I don't know if the Seahawks organization made a good decision tying Pete Carroll's fate in with Russell Wilson like this. I mean, Russell Wilson, I think, is objectively mm-hmm. one of the best quarterbacks of this era. And just, like, over and over again, they have not been that good despite having one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think it, I also think you have to point to the defense that was like supposed to be their thing early on. The Legion of Boom, that whole defense was so elite. When's the last time they coached up like a really, really good cornerback, or frankly anybody? Like I, I feel like the the last remaining stud from those years is Bobby Wagner now, and that defense mm-hmm. is very meh otherwise, mm-hmm. which also is a a product of coaching. So I feel like like we were talking about earlier, if the if the Seahawks don't make the playoffs this year, I think Pete Carroll's seat is going to be concerningly flamed.
1: Here's my question. I can see it. Yeah. Is what if if you're gonna hold that resume against Sean, uh, Excuse me, Pete Carroll. Then what about Sean Payton, who also has underwhelmed as the Saints coach with Drew Brees? Now, obviously, he has no quarterback, so that's a little different. But you know, I, yeah, I, I feel I like mean, at that point, you're like you're, you're kind of saying, okay, then the Saints should get rid of Sean Payton too.
2: Right, but I think Sean Payton has actual clear talent as like an offensive mind, at least. What does Pete Carroll give you besides like charisma? <laughs>
1: He's a philosophy guy.
2: Okay, so charisma.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no,
4: I don't know. Philosophy part—you didn't hear it. Philosophy. I'm not. I'm not going to say I don't think
2: Sean Payton getting fired would be all that crazy either. I mean, maybe a little bit crazier, but yeah.
0: Well, New Orleans is a high-level organization, and I don't think that they would fire Sean Payton. I'm totally. I'm not exactly a Pete Carroll fan, so I'm not. I'm not too far off on, on this theory that he could go. Like Bart said, what, what does he do right now? Because his whole identity was defense. He gets an elite shutdown corner, and then they go and they run their defense or whatever. He doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't have anybody's. Richard Sherman's gone. Uh, Cam Chancellor's gone. Earl Thomas flipped him off, and he and he's gone. Like they have just Bobby Wagner, and they can't find demand. They can't manage to get a single defensive star out of anybody they've drafted ever. Because I, I know Pete Carroll has a hand in that. So they he he's what like these. He's not a great anal- an- analyzer. He you know doesn't have any great outside corners. He can't apparently they can't develop them into be great outside corners, which hardly ever happens anyway. But it's just like what. <laughs> What could possibly? What could he possibly be doing now at this point? Get an Adam Gase about- offensive mind in there. <laughs> okay. oh, get an offensive, no. get an offensive <laughs> mind behind Russell Wilson and let them go that route because I think that you know at this point Pete Carroll, like seventy-nine years old or whatever he is, is just like he's, oh. 70. he's not seventy. Yeah, he's pretty old now. He's, he's Wait, shocking. Pete Carroll's
4: seventy. He looks younger than yeah, that. Yeah, he looks good for. He looks yeah, very good for. I know him. he's pretty That's old. great. Happy for him. It's
2: the, it's the gum
0: chewing. Hey, there you go. That's what he can hang <laughs> yeah. out oh, the
1: Seahawks. The Seahawks were actually considering hiring Adam Gase for the offensive coordinator position, which is crazy. What's, what's his to me. name?
0: Who's the Ohio, Alabama offensive? Bill O'Brien. He's available. Bill O'Brien. Lane, Lane mm-hmm. Kiffin. I thought you I'm
4: hated Bill O'Brien. Why? I do.
0: I hate Bill O'Brien yeah, okay. more than <laughs> I hate Pete Carroll. I'm just tossing out <laughs> stupid names for the sake of tossing out <laughs> stupid names. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> Pete Carroll's got to go. Uh, but my actual pick. For mine is, I'm shocked. I'm kind of shocked no one has said it so far, and it's Brian Flores, the head coach oh, of the Miami no, Dolphins. no, I, I had
1: that in my list of
3: wrong choices. I thought that as well. Wrong choices. Wrong. Yes, okay, that's me, a wrong Let, let me that's give you my answer. spiel
0: real quick. Anytime okay. you go out and you stick your neck out and you tie your name, and I know it was a GM as well, to a quarterback, when that quarterback fails, you ultimately fail with them. And as of right now, the – Miami Dolphins are not playing as well as they should be especially on the defensive side. Their offense is horrible. Their offense is the 31st scoring offense in the league. Yeah. And their defense is like the 25th defense. They allow 27.3 points per game. And I think Brian Flores is a great coach. I think that he, you know, has he 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 runs things very well, but at the same time they are severely underachieving from what they were a while ago. Cause they were tanking and then they weren't. And then they had like a really good defensive team. And then they've kind of found some studs in the secondary and they've put together a lot of really good pieces. They, I don't want to say fleece. They pretty much fleeced the Texans for the first round pick for Laramie Tunzel. Like they've done some really good things. And then now at this point when it's time to cash in on all those things, none of them have paid off right now. It's just like, They've tied their name to Tua. They drafted Jalen Waddle a time to Tua. I know Tua's out, but they haven't exactly lit the league on fire at this point. And when you're the head coach of a team that's cashing in and not able to, you know, cash the checks that they're writing, it, it's tough. And I, I would put him on
1: my list.
4: I, <laughs> Jared, why did you think I that my the was choice was Urban Meyer?
1: I don't, because I don't know if. <laughs> Because I don't know if Brian Flores really stuck his neck out for Tua. like he was. They were openly like wanting Deshaun Watson this last year, just like the, the Carolina Panthers were. And then they got their guy where the Dolphins were like, okay, I guess we're going with Tua. I don't really think that's a Brian Flores thing. I think that's a front office thing is my thing.
0: I mean, they're almost so tightly knitted together, the front office and head coach now in the modern NFL. That they almost have to come and go at, as a group? You know, rather than it's just being a GM picks the players and a coach coaches the team. And a lot of the times they have their hand. I saw a report today that Brian Flores reportedly wanted Justin Herbert over Tua. And I would start putting those reports out right now too. Because yeah, I would be like, man, I wanted J-Herb so much more. I saw all the gems. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Anytime a player, any player that they've drafted and they've missed on, I'd be like, man, I really wanted you know somebody else too i I didn't i would have been like i should i don't think we should have traded the number three overall pick i think we should have drafted trey lance i would just start throwing that stuff out there you know Mm -hmm. because now brian flores on his draft board you know he's hit every single time and on the gm's draft board he's mid. so that's what i would be doing right now
1: but (laughs) Brian, the thing is though is that brian flores isn't an offensive-minded coach either so but I don't know, like how coach. much. Okay, you saw Justin Herbert, you saw Trey Lance. Yeah, but like it's, I feel like you get evaluated differently on your, your side of the ball, personnel and that sort of stuff. You you get evaluated yeah. in wins
0: and losses as a head coach, mm-hmm. and he got a lot of losses. But every team in that division mm-hmm. is one in three, except outside of the Bills. It's wide open, really, for second place. <laughs> and why why not <laughs> claim something like
4: that?
3: Yeah,
0: right. The Jets and the Jets yeah. are coming up. The Jets just beat the Titans.
3: Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By and the, the Titans, way,
1: I know Lucas yeah. said. I know Lucas said he thought Zach Wilson was a bust. I I don't think he's a bust. He made. He makes like he some really good. awesome plays mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Every week he makes some pretty eye popping mm-hmm. plays. He's gonna mm-hmm. get some help from his receivers. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Corey Davis
2: is a stud though. He yeah. is. Yeah, you
4: know, good pickup. Anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was saying that last uh, week. He had that one throw where he like scrambled and evaded a bunch of guys and made a beautiful throw deep and it bounced off the guy's hands. So yeah,
1: you yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. very jets of him. But, uh, my exactly. second pick was Urban Meyer. I think Urban Meyer is gonna set his own <laughs> yeah. seat on fire. Uh, it's not ne- necessarily like I don't think the Jags would be like you're fired. I think he's gonna be like I quit. So oh yeah, he yeah. He, he, uh, he started a campfire. <laughs> he put his chair over the top of it, and he's kind of waiting for it to heat up. So that's on him though. It, it's completely uh, Urban, you know, Meyer Meyer pants on fire type thing. <laughs> <laughs> Love, love me joke. some good old self. He's now
3: the betting favorite. Oh, it's to he? be to be fired I, first this season. I'm sorry.
0: I'm gonna stand up for him just just a tiny bit here, and this is, has nothing to do with the him at the bar. But everyone is like everyone is like the Jags are like he's making the Jags laughable. Like they are, you know they they are joke franchise and blah blah blah. The Jags had the number one overall pick before Urban Meyer got hired yeah. there. Yeah. The Jags were a joke before Urban Meyer got there, and they had all the talent in the world with Jalen Ramsey and a lot of other guys on the on the defense before Urban Meyer got there. And Plus Tom the Coughlin and a shoe. lot of people who are in that organization ran everybody yeah. out, and they made themselves a joke organization. Urban Meyer is not exactly like this tactician, and I think his coaching staff is not very great. But at the same time, let's stop pretending that Urban Meyer is like the laughingstock of the NFL because of the Jags or the or the other way around. The Jags have been terrible and Urban Meyer just looks worse in that circumstance, to be honest. <laughs> if he was the head coach of like the, the Falcons, it would be a different situation. But the Jags have been like everybody who plays for the Jags already has no respect for the Jags. So for them to be like, this is a crisis <laughs> and Urban Meyer is like laughable and they're all yeah. laughing at him. That's a player problem. And that's a, that's a personnel problem. And that's a deep Organizational problem, that is not. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have much to do with Urban Meyer, to be honest. How do players just laugh at their coach all the time like that? Because they, because as far as I'm concerned, they're they're also winless this season. Not just Urban.
1: Wow. Oof. oof. Got to go to Batford. That was a high state alum. Yeah.
0: When Ryan Day gets his NFL coaching debut, I will also do the same thing. <laughs> Ryan Day will take over the Jags and I'll take them to one. The and.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to do it uh, for our first episode this week. Per usual, follow us on every social media there is uh, Facebook. If it's up um, Instagram, <laughs> if it's up, oh, no, sorry. Um, What's up? TikTok. Yeah, exactly, exactly. yeah. Follow us on WhatsApp, <laughs> please. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you thought sport. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up elsewhere. Um, tear our, you know, hot seats apart. Defend Urban Meyer to your heart's content. Um, and yeah, we'll be back with a, another college football focus episode this week. So give that one a listen too. See ya.